to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. Children of God. Two days after her first birthday, Sarah was adopted by Judy and Jim Culberson. Jim was a professor at West Virginia University, and Judy was an elementary school special ed teacher. Jim and Judy were white, and Sarah, their adopted daughter, was black, one of the very few black students in her school in Morgantown, West Virginia. Sarah later said, I was the brown girl that didn't match. Although her childhood was a happy one, Sarah never felt like she completely fit in. She had a terrible fear that her adopted parents would abandon her. She explained, I wanted to make sure I was the best kid ever so they wouldn't send me back. In 1999, Sarah found out that her biological mother had died of cancer. However, she still made no effort to search for her biological father, convinced that he wanted nothing to do with her. Sarah felt disconnected from her heritage. Have you ever felt disconnected, like you're on your own? Maybe like your life doesn't matter that much? Have you ever been outside at night and looked up at the stars and how great the universe is and felt completely inconsequential and insignificant? Like your life has no purpose or meaning or direction? Ironically, modern technologies have given us unprecedented ways to connect with one another through social media and messaging apps and video calls. But study after study has shown that we're experiencing increased feelings of disconnection and isolation and loneliness. We meticulously curate our profiles on Facebook or Instagram, showcasing our best moments while concealing our vulnerabilities and whatever struggles we're going through. We sacrifice authenticity and find ourselves with greater loneliness and desolation as a result. And frankly, the shift towards remote work, despite all its ancillary benefits, just exacerbates this problem. However, the challenge of feeling detached and disconnected from each other and from God is nothing new. In the gospel passage today, we read of Jesus. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. The people did not recognize God in their midst. They felt disconnected. I was thinking this week about the people in Bethlehem who probably were neighbors when Jesus was born in this stable, and they had no idea that God had come into the world, that God was right next door. We're so disconnected. For Sarah Culberson, 
Despite her loving adopted parents, she felt disconnected, facing the world alone, disconnected, with no sense of her heritage. She thought a great deal about whether she would ever go in search of her biological father. And the more, she, the more time she spent thinking about this, the more she realized her greatest fear was not that she would go searching for her biological father and find him. Her greatest fear was that she would go searching for her biological father, she would find him, and then she would be rejected by him. However, she decided fear couldn't rule her life, and she felt deeply this need to connect with her heritage, so she decided to begin a search for her biological father. She hired a private investigator, and that very same day, he sent her a Maryland address. Sarah sent a letter to this Maryland address, where it turns out her uncle, her father's brother, was living. Her uncle forwarded this letter, including Sarah's phone number, to his brother, to Sarah's father, to Joseph Konia Pasawa in the town of Bumpy, a very small West African town of about 2,000 people. When Joseph Konia received this letter, he climbed into his white Range Rover and he set off across miles of dirty, mud-red roads to the town of Bow, the closest town with cell phone access. Sarah was enjoying a nice afternoon stroll in Los Angeles when her phone buzzed and she saw an international number and a phone number she'd never seen, and she somehow knew who was calling. She ducked into a clothing shop and standing between some old coats, she for the first time heard her biological father's voice. He explained to her why he'd given her up for adoption. Her parents were college students, too young and too poor to properly care for a child. We wanted the best life possible for you, he explained. Your name changed, he said. I searched for you, but I didn't know how to find you. Can you imagine how disheartened Joseph must have felt when he looked for his daughter and couldn't find her? He had this yearning to connect with Sarah. God has the same yearning to connect with each of us to be in a relationship with each of us. And the good news is God will never give up searching for us. God wants to have a vibrant relationship with you. Just like Sarah Culberson, no matter how disconnected you feel, no matter how much it feels like no one cares, no matter how much it feels like no one could understand you, the Bible reassures us that you have a family. John says, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. You are a child of God. You have a family. You have a heritage. You are never alone. For Sarah Culberson, there was still more to the story. Joseph invited Sarah to fly to Africa 
so that he could meet her and she could meet the rest of her extended family. So in December 2004, Sarah landed in Lungi, Sierra Leone. Joseph met Sarah at the airport. And when, his, when her father stood there before her, Sarah said she could see love and compassion in his eyes. And Sarah's own eyes filled with tears as she embraced her father for the first time. She said, the man who I thought wouldn't want anything to do with me loved me beyond what I could hope for. I wonder how many of us are so afraid of rejection that we build walls around ourselves, walls that hold God or other people at bay. You may fear God or you may be afraid that you're not worthy of God's love. You may avoid praying or try to avoid being alone with your thoughts, or you may choose not to think too deeply about your faith because you feel afraid of being rejected. But remember what Sarah said, the one who I thought wouldn't want anything to do with me loved me beyond what I could hope for. In Sierra Leone, before leaving the coastal town of Lungi to travel to Bumpy, the town Joseph was from, Joseph gave Sarah a gift. He gave her a beautiful emerald African dress. As Sarah and Joseph eventually reached the end of their arduous drive and the battered white Range Rover entered the small town of Bumpy, Sarah saw literally hundreds of women flocking over a hill, all clapping and singing, and all of them wearing green emerald dresses just like Sarah's. It turns out the women had traveled all the way to Guinea, to a neighboring country where they had bought 600 yards of this fabric. They wanted to show Sarah that she was not a visitor. She was part of their family. She was part of their tribe. She was one of them. She was a member of their community. The women surrounded the car, clapping and singing, singing the words, Sarah, you have come to your homeland. Welcome home. You see, it turns out that Sarah's father, Joseph Konia, was the chiefdom of Bumpy. He was the king. Sarah, the daughter of a king, was welcomed as a princess. What we are told in the Bible is that you also are a child of the king. You are a daughter or a son of the king of kings. You are not alone or disconnected with no heritage. Instead, your life is of phenomenal purpose. You are part of a community, a family that is so much greater than you may realize. When I was growing up, I had a favorite movie. You may have heard of it. It was called Star Wars. I assume you know the story of Luke Skywalker, a young man who's life was directionless, 
found out he was the son of one of the greatest Jedi Knights of all time. And as a result of his lineage, Luke was called to confront the forces of evil and darkness in the world. When I got a little older, I read a book, Harry Potter. Have you read that one? Again, it was a story of a young man who's a young boy whose life was directionless until he found out he was the son of two of the greatest wizards of all time. And as a result of his lineage, Harry Potter was called to confront the forces of evil and darkness. You see, we hear echoes of this same story again and again. A normal person who doesn't know where they're going in life finds out they are the child of someone powerful and great, and this gives their life purpose and meaning. And my suspicion, my suspicion is we hear echoes of this same story again and again and again. Because deep down, we know this story's true. And deep down, we know this story is our story. We are children of the King. Now you may be saying to yourself, Mark, that's a nice sentiment, but when I go out of these doors, no one who I work with knows what I do. No one knows my name. When I complete a transaction, I'm not even asked to identify myself by my name, but I'm asked for the last four digits of my social security number. You may think I feel disconnected and unimportant, but the Bible tells us a different story. Jesus was in the world, and all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Our true story is not one of unimportance or irrelevance, but that you and I are children of the King. Sarah Culberson, the daughter of a king, felt inspired to live up to her heritage. So she founded Sierra Leone Rising, a nonprofit organization that focuses on education and women's empowerment and public health. They built a high school in Bumpy and helped women find employment as teachers. Sarah established a guidance office at this high school and helped students consider career and vocational opportunities. I feel so blessed, Sarah frequently says. I really think I was meant to help. That's why I was put on this earth, she says. And the same is true of you. You are a child of the king, and you were meant to help those around you. That's why you were put on this earth. Because you are a child of the king, this means that you have brothers and sisters in Christ, and not just a few of them, but billions of them. Just as Sarah understood that she could help care for her extended family, for her tribe, for the people of Bumpy, you are also called 
to help care for and serve your extended family, the people around you in the pews here at St. John's, the people of Jacksonville, people around the world in need. You see, all of us are sons and daughters of the King. In the passage we read this morning from Paul's letter to the Galatians, he wrote, you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. You have a holy, royal heritage. You have a divine inheritance. God, you see, is committed to the work of justice and love and forgiveness and mercy. And as a child of God, an heir of God's ministry, you inherit this work. You inherit God's work of justice and love and forgiveness and mercy. Today, Sarah lives in the United States where she carries on this mission of compassion as she guides and helps grow this program, Sierra Leone Rising. She talks to her dad regularly as he makes a few trips each week in his old white uh, Range Rover to the town of Bow, the closest town with cell phone reception. And just as Sarah continues to talk to her father regularly, you and I are called to talk to our Heavenly Father regularly, to talk about our hopes and our fears and our dreams and, it, and the ways that in each of our lives God is calling us to live into our heritage as sons and daughters of the King. Amen.